Thank you so much. Welcome. This next one's called Fixing Broken Windows. Is that correct? It sounds better up close. Hey, one more time. Let's make everyone who's listening to 4 Z right now get a serious case of FOMO. Come on, make some noise. This is Live Delay. Heard on 4 Z 102.1 FM, Z Digital, and nationwide on the Community Radio Network. Hello and welcome to Live Delay, a weekly selection of live music recorded at venues around Brisbane by volunteers of Community Radio 4ZZZ. We'd like to begin by acknowledging the traditional custodians of the land on which Live Delay is produced, the Turrbal, Yagara and Yugambia people. We recognise that sovereignty was never ceded and pay our respects to Elders past, present and emerging. This episode of Live Delay was put together with the help of our sponsors, the live music-loving people at Mountain Goat Beer. My name is Scott Mercer, and this is episode 342 of Live Delay. This week, it's a barnstorming set from The Cutaways. Brisbane band The Cutaways were formed in 2016 and are made up of singer-guitarist Emmy Auer, guitarist Ben Fishlock, bassist Marcus Wilson, and drummer Peter Bosworth. Their eponymous debut EP was released in 2016, and full-length album Wax Woman came out in 2019. It was at the album launch for Wax Woman that this set you're about to hear was recorded. Live at Crowbar on the 19th of July 2019, this is The Cutaways.
Hello, my loves. How are you? This is lovely. This is the Cutaways live at Crowbar. Um, yeah, it's just a really special night with a lot of cool bands and a lot of friends. So this is lovely. <laughs> That's a Started off with myself, fighting all the flex 
delay and this is the cutaways. Alright, who's having a nice time tonight? Hey! I'm having a lovely time. I'm having a real good time. It's so nice to spend the night with all you. You people. Lovely, beautiful people. It really is very, very special. Oh, yeah. 
This is The Cutaways.
special to be able to share this this album with everyone obviously it's very personal to myself but also to the band here for being such a huge part of it but you know it's a very big thing so thank you and I'm glad that you all like it and thank you so much for coming out and supporting it great cool we got one song left thank you so much again for watching it
night I piss into your dream. Thanks so much. Thank you, everybody. Thank you. That was The Cutaways, recorded by myself, Scott Mercer, at Crowbar in Fortitude Valley on the 19th of July 2019 and mixed by Jack B. Jones. Special thanks to live engineer Ian Redmond for his assistance on the night. The songs were Walk Me Home, Can't Get the Boy, Wax Woman, Dislocated, All the Way to the End, Dead Name, in the street, muscle in, the million tiny pieces, breakups, and aches. Now, for a special treat, we present an interview with the Cutaways lead singer Emmy Hour on the Z Digital program Her Story. Recorded a few months after the gig you just heard, Hour talks to host Danny Nash about early musical memories, songs influential on her life, and her journey through bands up to forming the Cutaways. Can you tell me your earliest memories of music, please? Earliest memories of music? I have so many. It was so It's so hard to, for me to think back on all of this. But um, I guess quite a musical family. My dad always played guitar and piano, and we always had those instruments in the house. So growing up with that kind of thing was really quite special. So you played early as well then? I started playing... Um, my parents sent me to classical guitar lessons when I was like six. Oh, wow. Lucky you. So I... I dreaded it <laughs> <laughs> did you hate having to do practice like all kids do well practice and then there was the theory as well which uh. I just didn't ever really take to to me it just kind of felt like another school lesson you yeah, know when you sort enough. of it, it was no there wasn't a lot of joy in it for me but looking back I think it was really important mm. yeah. yeah just even just the fact that I was playing a guitar that young was mm. kind of cool you know and then sort of later on when I when I wanted to, to play the kind of stuff that I was into I think having that that history with, with an instrument was really quite important. Absolutely. Mm. So what, what are the first songs you remember hearing in the house? Then? A lot of Beatles, a lot of <laughs> Elvis from my parents, from my dad especially. One thing that really sticks out in my mind is, is him putting on a, a live Queen DVD or VCR video yep. <laughs> back in the 80s. Yes. And that really striking me quite, quite powerfully, you know, just, just seeing a, a, a huge rock band in front of like a huge audience the you know, Wembley. Doing, I'm pretty sure it was the Wembley, but then thinking back on it as well, I wasn't sure if it was like and maybe one of their other live shows. But either way, it was it was really special, and I, and I remember that hitting me quite hard. You know, having that mm-hmm. that the whole visual of of a huge rock band playing in front of like this huge live audience was really pretty cool. 
Did you think that's what I want to do back then? or I, that was... I think so. And I think I always kind of had that in me. Like, I don't know if it was like that, always that entertaining sort of part of my my soul that I wanted to to express, you know, like, and, and then from there, like, I, I was in love with, like, Michael Jackson and stuff mm-hmm, as well. And, and do the, like, performances and stuff. Yeah. So, so you yeah. danced along in front of the TV oh, of and course. copied. Yeah, 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 totally. yeah. But, yeah, this, this the, the Queen live show really stuck out in my mind as something quite special. So tell me, what was next after Queen and Michael Jackson and dancing in front of the TV? Oh, there was so much stuff. Um, I have this really vivid memory, and my sister will bring it up occasionally, of us <laughs> dressing up in leotards and dancing around to Tiffany. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I did see a Tiffany song on your list of things. I'll put that in the maybe pile. But yeah, it's, it's just one of those strong memories that I have. And it's... It, I don't know, I guess, especially coming out as trans all those years later, it was just one of those things that, I don't know, like, especially like talking to my sister in recent years where she's just like, remember we used to do this? It makes so much sense, you know? <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's, again, it's just one of those memories I have in my head and it's like a memory that sort of relates to music and my connection with music. Yeah, so, that's fair. Um, yeah, I, <laughs> I guess I wanted to put this on the list because <laughs> it just it, it's one of those things that just stuck in my head. How old would you have been? I reckon maybe four or five, oh, but it's still like a very vivid memory That's me. great. Yeah. <laughs> so how did, where did we evolve from Tiffany? Where did we go from there? It's It's... Hard to remember exactly how I evolved from there, but I really wanted to mention because obviously I've mentioned like my dad and his sort of musical influence and everything. But I really wanted to mention my mum's side. My mum grew up with four sisters, very musical, not particularly good musically, but loved music, always singing at a lot of like family um, functions and stuff. Especially like being from New New Zealand originally, there was a a lot of like Maori folk music, traditional music a lot of like 60s pop stuff but this is like another memory and I've sort of realized recently especially in like a recent visit back to New Zealand and again going to like family functions and there being a lot of singing and a lot of music and everything I really wanted to play something that sort of related to all of that and this song in particular is one that sort of sticks out in my mind is like my mum and her sisters singing along too and I think it's a wonderful song as well. So, so this is Petula Clark? Yes. With Sailor. Great choice, Thank I must you. say. Yes. And yeah, definitely another, not a, a typical choice of that artist. No. So, yeah. yeah, nice. All right, so how did you discover your own music and what was it? I just remember like watching music shows as a kid and just being hit by Green Day when they first started doing stuff. And obviously just like friends that you sort of meet in school that sort of introduce you to different types of music. But I went through a little bit of like a as I think every kid does, like a little bit of like a rap hip-hop sort of phase. Mm-hmm. But it just didn't grab me yep. as um, as much as, as, as when I found like punk rock and especially Green Day. So yeah, I have this memory just watching, I think it being like late at night and the video for when I come around came on and just being like, holy sh**. This, yeah. is, this is it. <laughs> this is what I want to be a part of. Oh, and wow, that defining. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember when that album came out, it was just such a big deal, yeah. such a defining sort of moment. Yeah, and then it's like when you know, you know. It's just like one of those things, you know, you, you've been listening to music all your life, but nothing had actually sort of grabbed you and made you want to do that or be a part of it, you know. And it's quite funny because when I think about seeing that, there was sort of a lot of other stuff musically going on. Like there was like a Cranberries album that had come out and that, I remember that having sort of a bit, in a, a bit of an impact on me as well. And again, just like the typical sort of punk stuff around the same time, like Offspring and, and mm-hmm. Rancid and everything. 
you know, sort of leads on from there and then into everything else that that follows on from, from that sort of punk rock and 90s rock style, I guess. And it prompted you to start playing music. So tell me, how did you start playing music? What did you do? Um, so, yeah, again, I'd been playing classical guitar for a little while, but just got over that, basically. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we went to my parents and said, I want, a, I want an electric guitar. I want to learn how to play chords. <laughs> and were they cool with that? They were actually pretty cool with oh, it. Oh, that's good. Yeah, yeah. Got so you were a teenager by then? Like, yeah, I'm guessing yeah. like 12, 13-ish. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So got a guitar, learnt every single Green Day song in my room. <laughs> and again, like there was a lot of other music, music stuff happening. Again, just typical offspring, rancid, bad religion, all that kind of thing. Went to high school, met a bunch of like-minded people and started a band. And what band was that? So my very first band was called Monkey's Uncle. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Which we started, this was, I think it was like Christmas, like the Christmas holidays of 97. And we started playing in my friend Adam Nigro's garage at his parents' place. Just learning like, like a bunch of covers. We'd throw a couple of our own songs in here and there. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it was such an exciting time because you listen to punk rock for a few years and you just want to be like these people and, and play this music. And then to be to actually be doing it is pretty pretty epic. So were you singing then as well? As uh, it was sort of tossed between me and, and Adam. would sort of share, share, share vocal duties. But I think eventually I sort of just took over as doing more of the singing. More of the writing, more of the singing. And, and how long did Monkey's Uncle last? Oh, too long. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think we went through like a few name changes and everything, but all that was probably close to like six six years. We were doing stuff around Brisbane, did it like a couple of tours down south and stuff. So what happened to Monkey's Uncle? Like you said, you lasted six or seven years. Did you just go your own ways? Yeah, and... everyone just sort of went their own ways. You do, fizzled out. A couple of us went into like other bands I moved overseas for a while and then came back and started playing in like other bands. Yeah, but just one of those things that just sort of dies out after a little while. So what did you do after that musically? Like what uh, was your so, next band? So there was a couple of people from Monkey's Uncle that had started another band while I was away living overseas and they started a band called The Ghost in You, which I sort of joined for a while and just played guitar. And then again, once that sort of fizzled, fizzled out after a couple of years, um, a couple of us started another band called Army of Champions. Yeah, and that sort of went for a few years. We did some pretty cool stuff. We did a few tours, a lot of supports and stuff, a few recordings, a few EPs and albums and, and everything. So that was a nice experience for a few years. After Army of Champions, what happened next? Well, a lot of us just sort of went quiet for a bit. Just general life stuff was happening. Me in particular, I, I just kind of felt like I, didn't, I wasn't really into playing in bands and I just wanted to step away from it for a while. I was really enjoying, like, because I had been playing like a few solo shows here and there, but I was really into the idea of just just me writing music for for me, not for a band. Um, so that's something that I wanted to explore for a couple of years, and so I did that. And I um, was getting a few shows around the place, and I was really digging that. Yeah, did a couple of recordings, a lot of focus just on solo music for a while, which was nice. It was a nice change of pace. After doing that for a while, I kind of missed being in a band. I kind of mm-hmm. missed the energy and the just being able to write music with people and enjoy it with other people as well and, and just being able to rock out with a band. Would that band be The Cutaways? It would be. <laughs> <laughs> so when did that happen? When, what year was uh, that? So three years ago, so what did we announced. Yeah, 2016, mm-hmm. um, we started doing that. And again, uh, my good friend Ben, from who had been playing in Army of Champions, we just got talking one night and we're like, let's, let's start playing in a band again. So we put this whole thing together. But yeah, this is definitely the, the, the band that I'm most proud of. Just musically, it's exactly what I want to be doing. Everyone's super talented. Mm. We've all sort of got similar interests and 
and influences when it comes to music. But yeah, definitely having a good time with this. We have done a few recordings, which is nice. Um, put out an album earlier this year, mm-hmm. which we're all super proud of. Been a bit of a quiet year this year, just just because a couple of the guys had kids. All that kind of thing slows you down, which is to be it expected does, yes. as you get older. But <laughs> it's all good. Now, you know, we're still we're still plotting along, and we've got sort of a few things planned for next year, which is cool. So, um, yeah. Thank you for coming in tonight. Thank you. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. That was Emmy Hour from The Cutaway speaking to Danny Nash on the Z Digital program Her Story last year. To hear more great interviews from local women artists, check out the Her Story archive at 4zzzfm.org.au slash program slash Her Story. That's H-E-R-S-T-O-R-Y. This episode was produced by Radio Fortable Z in Brisbane. Live delay airs throughout southeast Queensland on Fortable Z 102.1 FM, online at Z Digital and across Australia via the Community Radio Network. If you like the show, you can follow us on Facebook and Instagram. And to listen back to past episodes, hop on the Live Delay website at livedelay.com. I'm Scott Mercer, and that's the program for this week. Thank you for tuning in. Take care of yourselves and others, and don't forget to wash your hands. You've been listening to Live Delay. Live Delay is put together with the support from our sponsors, the live music-loving folks at Mountain Goat Beer.